the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayat. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones for another edition of Healthcare Now. Larry, how are you doing? Dr. Mark, did you get wet coming in today? It has been uh, quite a day of uh, looking for hurricanes and uh, staying out of giant I think it rained all night, and uh, every 15 minutes you get a squall and then it quits. Welcome back to Florida. It's all good. It's all good. But at least we needed the rain. That's what you know. That's yeah. what we always say whenever it rains. You know, yeah. we need my lawn yeah. needed the rain, but you know, it, it, that's it's just the way the, the way it works here. In well, Florida. we've got a great show today, Doctor Mark. Let's tell them about it. You know, to, this month is October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Yes, it is. You see pink everywhere. Absolutely. Even athletes are wearing pink. Yep, and it's not the Barbie pink. No, it's actually it's, it, it's, yeah, yeah, this it's was not first. the Barbie. Yes, this is right. for the real deal. But uh, I want to welcome to the show Doctor George Stanley, a radiologist with University Diagnostic Institute. And his director of operations, Kelsey Mascarell. And we're glad to have you guys on the show today. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month and overall imaging in the Orlando market. Yeah, George, can you tell us well, a little thanks. bit about your history in the community and uh, in UDI itself? Sure. I've been a radiologist in town for about 33 years now, 33, third year of practice. And University Diagnostic Institute has been open since 2002, so 21 years in the outpatient um, radiology uh, setting in the greater Orlando area. Nice. So uh, we have three, yes, three centers, and uh, we have one in Winter Park, which we have two high-field MRIs in our, on our, in our 3D uh, mammogram machine, among other modalities, and we have also centers high-field MRI machines in Lake Mary and Orlando, and the Orlando's office is uh, near Universal Studios on Vineland Road. Great, great. Yeah, Larry and I, of course, just for our listeners, like we, we've known your institution. Larry's known yep. you personally for all these years, yep. and we really appreciate all the work that you do. Um, we've uh, we've used your centers, and we know what, the, what quality you deliver. Yep. So we really appreciate you being here and sharing a little time on the air to, to talk about it. So, Kelsey, tell us a little bit about you and uh, your background. Well, I'm the Director of Operations for University Diagnostic Institute under Dr. Stanley. And I'll say everything nice because he's a wonderful man, but also because he's on the air, too. Good, but Dr. Good, good Stanley point. has been an absolute pleasure to support for the last five years. Uh, my background is just in practice and healthcare management. But I, I really didn't get to put it to use until I started with UDI. Um, just being in a, in a private setting makes it feel that much more valuable. And Excellent. so I run the day-to-day operations at UDI. Okay. So tell us about what are your biggest challenges running a three-center imaging, independent imaging center in the Orlando market, Kelsey? <laughs> 
sometimes the people, but not the patients. The patients are what make it rewarding, but having the right infrastructure is, is valuable. It, it could make or break our mission statement, which is to make sure we're taking care of patients in a respectful, empathetic, and congenial manner. And if we're not doing that, then we don't belong in healthcare to begin with. You know, Dr. Mark, we talk all the time about imaging inpatient versus outpatient. Yes, yes Independent we do. Mm-hmm. and the differences in the cost. Dr. Stanley, you want to talk about that because we have talked with our listeners over and over again Absolutely. about the difference in cost, not only the total cost, but the out-of-pocket cost for the patient. Right. So, so as an outpatient facility, um, we, we are definitely a lower price. Per exam, so whatever exam you're getting, it's going to be lower in an outpatient facility because the hospital charge was called a um, facility fee, and right. which can be, you know, several times the cost of a of a of a outpatient study. Right, the so actual cost. Example, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The actual cost will be a lot higher, and what that translates to is out-of-pocket costs with copays and deductibles will be much higher at a hospital than an outpatient center. Yeah. At UDI, we, we're obviously outpatient center, so we go by outpatient rates. But our equipment is as good or better state-of-the-art than the hospital. So you're, the quality is the same, uh, but it is at a, a lower price. Um, the other uh, advantage of um, the outpatient radiology like UDI or ours specifically, is we get you in. So if your doctor wants your exam the same day, we do it the same day. We close when the last patient is done where the hospitals are more rigid with their scheduling, and you could be out as much as, you know, two or three weeks out before you get your exam, but we'll we'll get you in. Now, it's really crucial to point out that, that two things happen to the patients, right? They, they come out of their doctor's office, and a lot of times they just get a referral. That's right. And if they, certainly if they're a... A hospital-based physician, they're sending you to to the hospital. Absolutely. And the second piece, saying, "Well, you know, I've got insurance, or you know, I've got I've got Medicare. It'll be covered." But as you pointed out, George, I mean that that's not the whole story. You still got out-of-pocket costs that are yep. that are greatly different. And and, and you, the, you know, you're being you're being kind of mild on it. I mean, yeah. the, this is it's uh, significantly yeah, yeah, different. Yeah, you look at a, yep. a, a MRI of the knee, one place or another. And, you know, it, it is mind-boggling yeah. how much more they can charge for yeah. exactly the same thing with, as you stated, the same or not even as, yeah. as updated equipment. It's, well, it's amazing. Let's use an example there, Dr. Mark. You know, if you get an MRI in uh, Dr. Stanley Center, at worst, it's probably going to cost you the, the bill about $400. Right. So at 20%, you're looking at an 80%, $80 copay. Right. You go to the hospital, that same MRI is between five and seven thousand dollars. Take twenty percent of that. Right. That's between a thousand and fourteen hundred dollars yeah. versus an eighty dollar copay. You know, it's almost like that's some argument that a patient's gonna go, Well, if it costs that much more, it must be that much better. Yeah, and right. it's could nothing is further from the truth. Same machine probably. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, uh the other thing that I wanted you guys to talk a little bit about is just we're we're here in central Florida. A lot of flux in Central Florida, and what types of challenges? What have you seen the independent groups doing over the last, say, fifteen years? Yep. Um, are are we expanding more? You you've got three centers now, uh, but how are we able to compete with the hospitals? With the hospital system, yeah. Well, I think the uh, what I've been seeing over the last fifteen years is is um, 
consolidation and 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 buyouts from the hospital and other entities. So the the amount of of independent physician-owned centers is drastically decreased. Um, there's maybe a couple left in Orlando. I think I'm the only one that has multiple centers that's independently owned by a physician. Yeah, so I think you are. The first yep. part, you, yeah. So the yep. yes, exactly. So the first part of the question is it's shrinking, right, um, yeah. and there's a lot of challenges uh, because of that. I mean, decreased reimbursements. Um, so how we um, how we cope at UDI? I mean, the 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 secret sauce is 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 treating the patients well, being a yeah. you know. Me being a doctor, that's my first responsibility is to the patient. And that is the first thing I think about is it's nothing else but giving the patient the best uh, medical care possible. And having a great staff led by Kelsey allows me to do that. And when we treat our patients well, patients will return. They'll, they'll refer their family members and friends to us. So that's the way we could compete with the, the Goliath is, is basically um, – the way I look at it is UDI is basically a doctor's office. It's my doctor's office. Right, right, absolutely. And, and, and I just happen to be a radiologist. Right. So it's like going to your family doctor. He's a, he's a physician. He treats you. But in the case of UDI, the only difference is instead of me being an internal medicine doctor or a family medical doctor, I'm a radiologist. And we try to keep that that. that Physician-based you know, physician type style, yeah, yeah sure, that feeling yeah. for the patients mm-hmm. that it's 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 not a sterile hospital environment. It's more of a compassionate environment. Well, Kelsey, I want to give you the opportunity to maybe let our listeners know what's going on special that they might be interested in this month, or just any other access issues you want to cover with with our our listeners. Well, your listeners should probably already know, as you guys pointed out, that it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. October is, but at UDI, we say it's breast cancer awareness all year round, and we really do preach that to everybody that comes in. Every female that comes in, it looks like they're maybe 40 years or older. We don't profile. We just say, get your get your mammogram done with us. We're the right place. But what everybody listening should know is that we're going to do everything in our power to get the outside records if they have not been a UDI patient with us before. I know that the, one of the biggest fears to make the leap to a new imaging facility if you're going somewhere else for so many years is, mm-hmm. well, they have my history. Well, that shouldn't, that shouldn't stump the reason to move to a better option, and we will help you get your records in. Uh, but specifically for this month, because it is October and Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we also don't want a financial burden uh, to stand in the way of you getting your mammogram done to get your health care done. So we are we have reduced our self-pay uh, price of the mammogram to $99 for anybody that is uninsured or underinsured that maybe wow. does not have a plan that covers mammograms. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's that's fantastic. So if they're uninsured, they could come in, get a mammogram done for $99. Yep. And that's wow. one of the big metrics that we follow um, and at IPN is we make sure that people are getting things like this done. As as we know, uh, the age age recommendations are there it's really it should be black and white but it's really not and uh, that's that's going to help a lot of people well you know dr stanley one of the most important breast cancer statistics is that it is very common more than a quarter of a million women are diagnosed with breast cancer every year which represents a little over 15 percent of all cancer diagnosis in the u.s but yet the survival rate and the prognosis for this breast cancer stages is very good, is it not? 
Right. I mean, the early detection is the key. So you want to catch the the cancer in the earliest stages before it spreads, and that's the key to survival. So the earlier that you can catch the cancer, the better chance of a cure from the breast cancer. And and that's why um, um, American College of Radiology recommends mammograms yearly over the age of 40 because the earliest you know, the it it's it just it's just a no brainer. They're early. If you catch an early breast cancer, you know, you in general, a that's a very, very, very good prognosis, a very sure. good outlook. Yeah. Well, so, to give but you if a you wait, more the long you wait, yeah. Go sorry. ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I said the long you wait, uh, things can get a little bit, um, you know, more gloomy at diagnosis. So we can't stress enough to get your mammograms and catch the cancer as early as possible. Yeah. Now, good advice. Very, very well, you know, according to the American Cancer Society, about three and a half million people, Dr. Mark, from women in America are currently living with breast cancer or have had breast cancer yeah, in telling. their history. And then the chances of a woman dying from breast cancer is one in 39 in America today. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a high number. Very that's common. A, yeah, very common indeed. Well, when we, get, when we come back, when we talk a little bit more, I think I want to ask you a couple things about other modalities uh, for evaluation and uh, pick up just other general things so our, our listeners know how they can access uh, places like, like you have to offer. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. It's Healthcare Now with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Join us at 7 o'clock Thursday evenings for a great discussion on all things healthcare. Healthcare Now, Thursday nights at 7, and now Healthcare Now Extra, Saturdays at 11 a.m., only here on The Answer. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You found Dr. Mark and Larry Jones back in the Healthcare Now studios, and we are having a really great conversation. I think we're going to share some, uh, continue to share some really good yes. information about not just breast cancer, but about imaging modalities. Imaging modalities, yeah. So, Dr. Stanley, I wanted to ask you about, we talked about mammogram. What other modalities are available and suggested for the evaluation of, of breast disease? Well, the, the other uh, two modalities that radiologists do would be uh, breast MRI and breast ultrasound. They both will add information and, and critical information uh, to your uh, refer to your doctor that sent you over and also to supplement a mammogram. Um, oftentimes a woman will come in with uh, certain symptoms and a mammogram will show something but not the whole picture and your doctor may want to uh, go ahead and get an ultrasound and uh, to, to basically differentiate um, a cyst from a, uh, a non-cystic uh, um, concern. And uh, also ultrasound can sometimes um, at, at least show some of characteristics of a benign versus an, a malignant process. 
An MRI also is a very advanced test for breast cancer. That's becoming uh, more and more uh, common to get those. And that's an excellent way to look for um, breast cancer, especially in a woman with dense breasts. Right, right. So now if if a uh, primary care physician orders the the mammogram with an ultrasound, they, they usually they're th- thinking something, right? And if it or comes it back, could be preventative yeah. based on an annual wellness visit, based on their their payer. Right, right. So yeah. how how does that pay out? I mean, did the I'm, I'm just thinking for the for the listeners if they if they get walk out with a couple of of uh, con, you know confirmations that they need to have some tests done. Do they check with their insurance company? Do they check with you? How does how does that go through? Kelsey might want to want to take that one. Yeah, so if they walk out of their doctor's office with an order in hand, the best thing that they can do is call us, and we can guide them through the insurance process and give them some realistic expectations. And sometimes insurance is really short with their answers on how they educate their their beneficiaries, whereas we're going to fill in the gaps because we do know the the insurance policy is like the back of our hand. So we know if the insurance is not going to accept it, then the patient should know that firsthand. And in the value-based world, Kelsey, as you know, most payers require uh, mammograms in a periodic time for part of the annual screening based on their quality metrics. But one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is it's reported that about 20% of women in this age group of uh, 50 to 74 are not really getting mammograms in a recommended time frame. Why do you guys think that is? Because the insurance has a lot to say about it, and they are, they're not pro-medicine in some situations. I think there are some really good insurance policies out there, but I think there are some that just, you know, want to pay for it on their time based on the diagnosis that is sent with the doctor. I think as long as we have a preventative policy, then the patient's always going to be good to be seen with every one year. But if the patient has a problem, I think it creates fear for the patient thinking it's going to come out of pocket. Right. Yeah, go ahead, Larry. Yeah. You know, when uh, when we look at the quality metrics, you know, Kelsey, we have a lot of contracts with all the major payers. And one of the major quality metrics, not only on getting an annual wellness visit, is getting cancer screening. And it's normally breast cancer screening and a colonoscopy during the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's almost required by the in the new value-based world for our patients to fill those care gaps. And so in reality, the payers are really promoting this on their end. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It, it all, all depends on, you know, how good a job they do with the communication with their, with their clients. And I mean, I think it, it really is a community issue. And it I is. think Orlando has risen to that pretty, pretty well. But the final thing is, I think Kelsey, you pointed out, even with all that, yeah, 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 you need to get this done. They still have a distrust that it's going to be covered by their insurance when in fact it is. And I mean, that, that is a problem. And then, then there are those that are underinsured or without any insurance yeah. at all. Yeah. And then that becomes another yeah. population group we worry yeah. about. And let me, let me just give you a personal uh, testimony. I had a dear friend, a lifelong friend. At age 29, she got breast cancer. She got over it. She was re-diagnosed at age 42. And at age 62, third time around, it got her. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's an unusual story. So, yeah. you know, and is that unusual, yeah. Dr. Stanley, or is that what you see a lot of times? No, that's a pretty unusual uh, story. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That, that's, three, that's, that's three times. And, uh, you know, to get it that young, that's, that's also not unheard of, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's um, 
typically but more aggressive. Then, uh, yeah. You, yeah, it's yeah, it's typically more aggressive, but it's usually uh, unheard of. Not unheard of, but uh, it's much more rare to get at a young age. Usually, yeah. uh, the chances get get higher as the as you get older. Right, and I think that that's another thing that drives people away from getting tested is they're like, oh. I'm too young, and and then in the back of their mind, they've heard this time and time again that if it does occur young, it's it's often a more aggressive form, and that brings up new fear. Now, when you sit there and you say that out loud, it it doesn't make any sense. You're like, well, then that should get you to go more, but that's not how our brains let us work. When we we have a fear, we definitely have to be steered in the right direction. And I think family history plays into that too, Doctor Mark. Sure, absolutely, and that uh, with almost everything that we deal with. Now, I am interested in the uh, on the MRI side. Can you talk just for our listeners a little bit about the difference between CT and MRI? Because that's another thing you walk out. You may go see one physician who is very pro MRI and may order a test that that you and I both know isn't the best test for that that condition and vice versa. So if you could educate us a little bit on that, that'd be helpful. Sure. I mean, uh, what what we we think about an MRI is that big machine where you you go in there and you sit in there for, you know, 20 minutes or a, maybe a little bit longer or shorter depending on the exam and it's basically a machine that uses a magnetic field as we all know, we take our metal off our bodies and we go in there and it basically uses a computer to reformat the body and there are certain certain parts of the body that uh, that are better imaged with MRI than CT for example the, the the cervical and the lumbar spine low back pain is very common people get MRIs of the uh, of, of the of the low back because the MRI sees the intervertebral discs a lot better than it you can on a, on a CT scan shoulders and knees as people are athletic weekend warriors they get hurt, they're going to have their joints imaged, and that's going to be on an MRI because the soft tissue is seen much better on the MRI, the menisci, the rotator cuff, et cetera. Um, but there are certain things that CT, which is actually a, a fancy X-ray machine, which is hooked up to a computer, which has its own algorithms and makes images of the body, things like abdominal pain, um, look for uh, screening for, uh, for for lung cancer or or following lung cancer, that's all. That's better. That's better uh, done with CT scan, and okay. uh, so those are the main the main differences. Right, and, and one of the things that I always talk to the students about is that you that you think about the MRI being a great at imaging things that don't move, and once you put motion right. into that, that makes it more difficult. And there's there's definitely exceptions, right? Because you can do uh, you know MRI enterocolitis type thing and look at the intestines, but that's a right. whole different high, high level uh, high level kind of test. Now the other right. the and other yeah. part you can sort of mention. So with CT, you're going to get some radiation exposure, and we worry about that with repeated trips, but not with you need to have the CT done. You should have it done, but right. you know you don't want right. to go, don't want a CT scan if you're one of the folks that goes to the ER twice a month with abdominal pain, and every time they get you another CT that doesn't show anything. That makes sense. Right, there is a cumulative uh, dose of radiation, so. Uh, my rule of thumb is if it's very if it's medically indicated and your doctor needs that to treat you of a you know of a of a disease you you know uh, a lot of times serious disease it's worth getting it but if you're gonna if it's a repeat thing it's it does accumulate the doses of radiation which you know can have an effect on you but in general in the community that that we're in people don't get CTs a lot so it's the 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 benefit of a CT certainly uh, out outweighs the risks. Kelsey, what are the most common referrals you're getting these days for imaging? 
I think you guys covered it. Abdominal pain is probably the the one of the top ones that we're getting for CTs, and then okay. pain in the the spine for MRIs. Okay, we see that that does take up a majority of our days. Okay, you know, up until up until COVID, our biggest reason for ER visits was low back pain. Now it's mental health. But what about oh, wow. low back pain and the type of imaging that you do there? Yeah, that's what you're referring to, right? So they come yeah. in with back pain and MRI is the, the right way to go. Now I'm going to ask you a trickier question. Um, so if uh, the community physician writes an order and it's just flat for the wrong imagery, it's the wrong technique, do you, what what do you do? I mean, if you know that this isn't going to show the right thing or or this patient comes in, they've got a pacemaker, they're certainly not getting an MRI, how, how do you address right. that? What, we, what, we address it by do, consulting yeah. with the physician. Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry, Dr. Stanley. Yeah, what I was going to say is, uh, and Kelsey started exactly right, what, what, I, what I do is I, I call the physician and uh, just ask some uh, questions about the, the, the status of the patient, you know, and then discuss perhaps if I have an opinion of uh, maybe a different test will show it better, discuss it with the referring physician and and um, and and through discussion, come to a um, a conclusion of what to uh, do on the patient. So, I as a, the medical director, I do have a, an input. Um, sometimes my responsibility is obviously to the patients when they walk in the door. I'm their advocate, but I also interact with the doctors. And and you know, 99% of the 99% of the time, your doctor will order the right exam. The 1% of the time, it could be improved by doing something different. I get on the phone and we discuss it, and then we come to the conclusion of what to do. That's great. I mean, that's that's what I had hoped to hear, and I'm not, not going to disparage the other institutions, but it does give us a sense of comfort that, that you guys are watching out for that. And, I mean, I know you're not in it to just turn on the machine so you can go get another test done. In fact, a lot of times you don't get paid for that, right? I mean, the insurance companies can refuse right. payment. And so, I mean, if it's not if it's not the right modality, and then you go do the right modality. So the listeners should know, you know, they're going to come to a, a group like yours and actually be cared for, as you said, just like you're at a provider's office, not just getting a lab draw, right? And you're this. It's a whole different experience, and I think that's another big point of of uh, contention amongst looking at the uh, the big hospital groups as as opposed to what you yeah. do. And so I'm really, really glad that you're here. I wish you all the best and, and continued success and growth. We want to go ahead and uh, list your, your locations yeah. just so our listeners know. Yeah, Kelsey, you want to go through where your three locations are and a main number for university diagnostic imaging for, for patients. Of course. Thank you for the opportunity, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so our three locations, we have one in Winter Park, one in Lake Mary and one in Orlando off of Univers- or by Universal Studios off of Vineland Road. And the way to contact us and find out if we're close to you is 407-975-3315. Great. It was really great having the two of you on. And I uh, hope, you, hope you stay busy and I hope they see, you see a lot of mammograms this month and, and quite frankly, every month. Uh, but uh, it was great having you and look forward to having you back sometime. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. You too. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry.
navigate the healthcare process like never before. It's Healthcare Now with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Join us at 7 o'clock Thursday evenings for a great discussion on all things healthcare. Healthcare Now, Thursday nights at 7, and now Healthcare Now Extra, Saturdays at 11 a.m., only here on The Answer. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion. On the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones in the Healthcare Now studios, and we've got another uh, couple of series of things to talk about. You, you had a topic. You, you were just yeah. bringing up uh, something know, kind of specific. You know, we, we talk so many times about employer benefits. You know, half of America, of that 330 million lives, mm-hmm. access healthcare through an employer. Right, about right. 165 million people. And employer benefits are changing, Dr. Mark. Well, they used to be the thing, right? When, right. when our parents right. did this. I remember thinking about yep. like it, it was it wasn't insur- yep. getting insurance wasn't even a question. That's right. It was easy. Yep. It wasn't highly impactful in a financial setup. Yep. You know, it came out of your paycheck. Yep. But yeah, things have really changed. And and the thing is, how do employers continue to look at double digit rate increases in their premiums yeah. every year as much as twenty percent? Each over the last five years, Dr. Mark. No, it's insane. And yeah. and we've talked about this. Like, no matter what you do, your insurance yeah. Yeah. plan, if you don't change plans, it's going to go up 15% or more yeah. just by for, – for no apparent reason. Yeah. And nothing, nothing else goes up like that. Yeah. Well, Deloitte, and, you know, they're a very reputable research firm. They have actually made a statement, and I thought this statement was quite interesting. Mm -hmm. If companies and employers would make the proper changes in their employer benefits, their employees could live 95% of their lives in good health while extending the average lifespan by about 12 years by 2040. Wow. Wow. Now, let's talk about that. Let's get some details on that. You know, when you lose an employee – Mm-hmm. The average length of cost is six to nine months of salary before you find and, and train, train that sure. replacement. Oh, I, I know that. Yeah. So, and then the big thing that we talk about, Doctor Mark, is annual wellness visits. Yes. Getting a baseline every right. year. Well, you know, you've got your traditional benefits. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're an employer with a hundred employees. Yep. And you're you're uh, insured by Cigna. Mm-hmm. You know, we just had right. Cigna on the line recently, mm-hmm. but yet. Your members, your employees, and their families don't get their annual wellness visits. Gotcha. An employer has an opportunity to bring in a new entity called direct primary care as a benefit. Mm -hmm. They call it DPC. Okay. And that's basically where an employer, even though you're paying your your premium for your employees, goes out and capitates – a primary care physician or multiple physicians at a flat rate every month mm-hmm. to do all the primary care needs for their employees, including getting their annual baseline wellness visits every year. And the copay for those patients for all the baseline primary care services that that primary care uh, would serve is a zero copay to the to the member. And so the employer is paying the bill to yes. set up this kind of a concierge service, it, it's, right? It's an eighty dollar, and I, on average, and it it you know it it varies, 
But we've got two big employers right now that have a direct primary care program inside their regular benefits. Right. And we provide three primary care doctors for their one is 100 employees, one's 50. Mm-hmm. And they pay $80 PM, PM per member per month to the doctor to see those patients. Gotcha. gotcha. And those patients have access anytime. So is there any any kickback from in this in this example Cigna does Cigna yep. pay anything for it because they no. do so because they, they're is, out of network that's right okay. well no they can there could still be an in-network provider but the $80 covers a majority of defined primary care services that are never billed under their insurance program gotcha. therefore the premiums for the insurance program for the employer go down and their premiums can decline each year using a direct primary care program that's, that's interesting we we yeah. brought this up i think about two years ago we have talked about and this. it was yep. it was a little vague uh that we we couldn't put our our finger right yep. on on yep. the on the pulse of how this works but but that makes that makes a lot more yep. sense yeah dr mark i think it's really the newest innovative program that actually can point for, uh, members employees and their families mm-hmm. in a certain direction and actually improve the bottom line for employers as well gotcha gotcha well that's really interesting yeah now, I think that, that we're going to hear a lot more about the the struggles that employers have in just keeping yeah. in, their employees insured. And, yeah. and quite frankly, so if you, if you have more than 50 employees, yep. you have to offer some type of insurance Correct. policy. In Florida, but, that's right. But it does not mean that it's it a good one. It has to be a standard yeah, it's, program. It, it can be a standard program, that's and, right. and, it, that's and right. it's just for the employee. Not They may yeah. have options for the family, but they're not cheap. Right. And I think that's what, what we're seeing yeah. Even even if you look at the the primary provider, if you add on those options, then they're paying full exactly uh, non non employee well, rates. Think about it: if you've got a twenty percent copay mm-hmm. or even a twenty five dollar copay to your primary care, right. under this direct primary care program, you have no copay. Yes, and multiple services that you can go see your primary care as many times as you need to a year, right. cost you nothing. Right, yeah, it's not just the annual yeah. wellness visit. And, and let yeah. me tell you a couple things. Mm-hmm. A study on this direct primary care over a three-year period, they found that employers who had employees ro- enrolled in a direct tri- primary care benefit had an improved opinion of their employer as well. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, if they're yeah. offering something, yeah. I'd like to, I wonder what the use analysis is. Like, how is it, because to be fair, what what we're really saying here is these these employers had access set up for these patients. Yes. There was there was already yes. access. Yep. And now this is a new way to yep. do it that's a little bit yep. more in their face, I suppose. Right. Well, before Disney contracted with the two large hospital systems here, they basically had a direct primary care program. Right. And their employees uh, used it a lot because you remember these are fifteen, eighteen dollar an hour employees and they can't afford to go get Big time medical services right, sure, and sure. pay for it. Right. So it really improved the status of Disney uh, staff. But they're not doing that now. No, no, they're and not. And so now they've 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 flipped they, the switch. So so the switch, that would yeah. that would be a pretty great study yeah. to look at what has happened before and after those two changes because yeah. they they kind of went in a sense went backwards, right? Yeah. So they when they tie their their plans down to the big big hospital yep. systems now yep. the systems again they have all the doctors. Yeah. It's just do. the the trick here is is getting the employee and their family in to see their to doctors. buy into this program. Yeah, yeah, right. So that's, that, that is fascinating. Well, you know, some of the advantages of the program, shorter wait times for appointments under a direct primary care program, and in many times, same-day appointments is very common. Virtual care, the doctor can actually do a telehealth. 
under this program with members as well. And uh, then more access to preventative medicine. Obviously, we talked about that earlier. And then longer appointments with doctors because they're taking care of these patients in a different manner than what they're trying to churn the insurance companies. Right, because they've got it fixed. Again, again, this is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, this is a concierge model. Pretty much. And because these doctors can only take on a certain number of clients per physician yep. or for provider. They probably have yep. PAs and yep. RNPs in the system as well. Yep. And so if the if they make it really easy, I know some companies have gone to that telehealth side to say that, you know, before your care is covered, go into an ER, an urgent care center, yep. that you need to get on the line with this 24-7 telehealth that we have right. for you to be right. evaluated. Right. And I guess it always comes into that 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 really touching go you know t- touchy area mm-hmm. of if you do anything to restrict someone from getting to a place of care that they need let's say an ER and you you make them jump through some hoops and they yep. really needed to be in the ER absolutely that's a big problem that's a problem so so yep. it is this is this is a challenge and it's a challenge that's uh, as old as uh, as civilized medicine because yep. people just don't want to do stuff right well you know it's interesting we talked about that 20% increase in premium every year right and basically what employers are having to do to balance that is cut benefits or raise out-of-pocket costs for their employees yeah oh, definitely. and who can continue to do that year after year after year no there's a, there is a breaking point for sure and the DPC program it's only it's just a pretty new program dr. mark it's only been uh, since 2020 mm-hmm. so it's only been out there you know two and a half years yeah yeah but on average the employers that have instituted this program when they've been in the program more than a year have reduced their premiums on average 15 percent. Yeah, I mean, I see the model. I mean, yep. it makes it makes sense because if you have a much larger employer, like well, like Disney, yeah, um, they can afford to have a full time clinic, right? And like you know, like Mr. Rosen has do done that. amazing yep. things with he has enough he has employees, his own clinic. right? Yep. Multiple, and, and actually, so, I think he now manages the clinic for the Osceola County School. He does, he does, and yep. so he's got he's got those programs that can support so now so that that's someone who's got thousands of employees and then you've got somebody that has you know 50 to 100 to 200 employees they can't afford to do that no. they could either buddy up as like the like the school board did yep. Yep. or they could do something like this where there's a company that's just looking to serve that small piece so right. you know smart smart business move yeah. and kind of a niche kind of move yeah. but uh but definitely would be interesting to see how the follow up of the patients are is it is, is it something that they continue to use? I mean, I always always talk about you know we know that it, that people who go to the gym have better health outcomes yeah. and less expenditures. Yeah. So yeah. then the insurance company said, oh, we'll yeah. pay for your gym. Right. Well, the only people that yeah. use that were the people that already went to the gym. That's right. So That's trying right. to get that yeah. other group yeah. is the challenge that we have here in the U.S. Yeah. Well, you know, this DPC program it's good for employee employers. It's good for employees. And it's really good for business, Dr. Mark. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. You know, no, it's really interesting. How do we continue to cut the bottom line of health care costs for our employers? And, the you know, one thing that we're actually seeing is that that pool of 165 million people is actually declining in the employer world because employers can't afford to offer these big benefits to their employees. Well, you know that, that with COVID and the downsizing that occurred yep. – a lot of that you could really see the savings if you if you were a big yep. business owner yep. and you start thinking yep. what is it really going to cost me and what am I going to get if I right. bring back that employee right and healthcare costs 
are one of the most yep. major costs. They're right up there Without with salary. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're paying if they're, we, we know what it costs. We've, we get our own health care every day. And, yep. uh, you know, I mean, in, until two years ago, I was, I was in the marketplace That's or right. I was talking to employer. Blue Cross. Yep. yep. And so, so it, that really, really changes. Yep. And, you know, that's, I, I will have to put in a plug yep. for, you know, if you work for the state of Florida, yep. you get, you get pretty great coverage, coverage, oh, yeah. you know? Sure. And, and so it's, it's, but it's the way it's managed, yeah. you know, it's, and, it's so very, very important. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about taxpayers burden of healthcare. Mm-hmm. If the private employer market continues to decline, guess where these members end up? Right. On the rolls of the Affordable Care Act. And then the taxpayers are supplementing those. Where in the in a reality of a straight employer health care community, there's no taxpayers' dollars included in that, Dr. Mark. It kind of strikes me as that we're not delivering a lot of good news this segment. I I tell you, it's it's it really but it's chilling. DPC is an opportunity for good news. Yeah, it is Uh, in that in that niche niche group for sure. And it's and it's sort of I can see how it is born out of other models where employers took control of their costs by actually delivering health care itself. Yeah, Dr. Mark, when we come back, we're going to talk about some trends that are shaping the health care economy. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Take the answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion. On the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. It's Healthcare Now with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Join us at 7 o'clock Thursday evenings for a great discussion on all things healthcare. Healthcare Now, Thursday nights at 7, and now Healthcare Now Extra, Saturdays at 11 a.m., only here on The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare in our Studios. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. We've got another segment to talk about, and we're going to, before we talk, I want to yeah. plug our upcoming live show. Yes, two weeks from today, okay. we're going to be at the Hilton Bonnet Creek near Disney mm-hmm. in, in the Bonnet Creek uh, Resort area, uh, and we're going to do be doing a live two-hour broadcast, Dr. Mark, Should be fun. 7 to 9 p.m. Hopefully we get better weather than It'll we got be today. Our first. It better not be raining. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Although Pete did say we would have a tent. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll be the only ones in, in the tent right. and, and uh, fight, fighting off but the But we're going to be but. at the Florida Association of Accountable Care Organizations, mm-hmm. where just about every major healthcare leader in the ACO and the value-based world will be participating in this conference. It's their 10th anniversary, mm-hmm. and we're probably looking at six to 700 people, and we've already got a host of different people lined up to be on the show, Dr. Mark. Good. Well, that should be really interesting. Yeah. It'll be our, yeah. our first two-hour segment, our first yeah. live segment. What yeah. could possibly yeah. go wrong, Larry? I mean, it seems like it's a piece of gate. Two hours? I don't know. I know, right? <laughs> I don't. Is there a nap break? I don't know. We're going to have to – my tie followed by a nap break? Yeah. We'll have to do something. So. Well, we're going to have a couple runners bringing in people. We've actually had some cards put together, Dr. Mark, uh-huh. with people that to introduce them. It'll have their name, their title, their company, and the scope of their company so that we can use these uh, – Quick cards right. to introduce people as they come on. Okay, and we, look, I think we need a big tip jar too. I think <laughs> that would be a good thing. That'd be good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, move back into the right. uh, the facts of the matter, and we wanted to talk about some trends that are shaping the healthcare economy and what what we need to do next as a as a yeah. country. 
You know, strategically, we talk all the time about the cost of health care, $4.6 trillion last year, Dr. Mark, going to, I believe the number now by 2030 is about $7.9 yeah, it's, trillion. It's, com- it's come down, a good, it's come it's come down, down a almost a, like three-quarters of yeah. a trillion. Yeah, but when but. you've got 10,000 people a day entering the roles of Medicare, yes, yes. and those are the high-cost people. Yes, how do, high you, dollar how do you control that? Yeah, no, that's, you know? that's a problem. And, of course, the governments. But, you know, in, in fact, in, a, in our earlier segment, we talked about the ongoing erosion in the commercial insurance market, Dr. Mark. Right. And that is going to drive up health care costs, limit access, and actually increase the roles of the uninsured. And I just want to reference this. We're, uh, we're actually reading some uh, topics from the advisory board, which yes. we love working, uh, working off of their information. Great, great uh, yeah. research entity. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's definitely strong. But, yeah, so as that commercial insurance market erodes, and, you know, our last segment we talked about that, yep. that direct, yep. that uh, primary care direct benefits. Primary care, yeah. Um, that's part of the erosion, isn't it? It is. I mean, it so, is. and then, and as we have the large employers looking to cover their front end, that erodes that right. market. So, yeah. I mean, where else are where else are we going to see it? Because yeah. what are those what are those companies going yeah. to do? Well, you know, the insurance brokers and agents that represent these employers, they try and bring them benefits and changes to help them with their bottom line. It's estimated that if you're an employer with less than 500 employees, Doctor Mark, mm-hmm. your bottom line it, it represents 50 percent of the cost of your running your company. Yeah, to the, the cost of yeah, to just the healthcare. Yeah, yeah. so and, go ahead. I'm sorry. no, no. I'm saying, and that, mm-hmm. and as we've mentioned before, I mean that has changed the way people do business yeah. Yeah. or decided to not do business. Yeah, because it yeah. really is. I mean, people scream about automation, and you know, we're going to put people out of work. This is what's going to put you out of work. That's right. If we can't control the healthcare costs, then employers yeah. aren't going to be able yeah. to afford to keep yeah. you. Yeah. And if their government regulations yeah. say that they have to insure you, yeah. they're just not going to yeah. be. I mean, yeah. that's that's the end, end of the game. The way it really hits you is if your employer has high cost, you're going to get it. They're going to get a 15 or 20 percent increase. And as you know, the major employers build a 12 percent annual rate adjustment in every single actuary that they do when they renew your policy every year. Right. And so that so it's going to go up. It's going to go up. It's never going to go down. But agents and brokers come to us all the time, Dr. Mark, with our doctors and say, I can't keep presenting a 20 or a double digit rate increase to my employees every year. I need an alternative. Yeah. They're see- they see it. There's they see no, it. there's no yeah. question. Yeah. And and that's really where it, it's not the boardroom, you know, it's not the C-suite. No. It's no. really the folks that are delivering because they that's hear right. e- when you, when you go and every, you know, the, the virtual door you knock on, you get the same answer. Like, right. how am I going to do this? Right. I just can't. Yep. And then what the first thing I do is jump over to another company, yep. which is going to be yep. better for a year yep. until it recorrects. Well, you know, employers used to change agents because they weren't happy. But yeah. then when they get a new agent, they're offering them the same thing the last agent sure. did. Absolutely. Because they're dealing with the same insurance company. Yeah, there's there's like there's there's <laughs> yeah. no there's no way yeah. around it. So yeah. all right, what do we got next? The second thing, Dr. Mark, is uh, it's pretty clear that Americans' physical and mental health in this country is declining, and that is a direct response to the cost of health care today. How do you how do you look at that? I don't Dr. know. Mark? I mean, I think that's a, that's a really strong statement. It is. I it mean, is. I think I think it's yep. probably overgeneralizing yep. when we say that that our I would I would kind of flip this and say 
our country's need for mental health care yes. has definitely increased. Absolutely. And we can there's there's papers published every 3 days probably yep. Yep. talking about why and yep. it's not yep. it's not just one thing, it's a lot of different and things. And the pandemic pretty much That's what that. that's the kind of thing I'm saying. It's yeah. not any yeah. one thing. Yeah. It's it's yeah. a lot of things. And and I don't know that our mental health is declining as much as our awareness for how important it is to have it addressed is increasing. That's a great perspective, so, Dr. So Mark. that does mean two things. It means we have the opportunity to improve the country's mental health, right. which I've never really right. kind of used that term. No. And right. the second thing it means is it's going to take more money. Yep. Right? Because when people ignored their care, it didn't cost them anything. And now it's going to cost right. the insurance company near them. So that's that right. that's an interesting part. Now, Americans' physical health, I'd really mm-hmm. have to, you'd have to convince me that that that's true. That that's that, really that, declining, yeah, right? Because yeah. I I don't I don't yeah. believe that. I agree with you. Yep. So I mean, and as much as we we love the, uh, yep. we have to take a deeper dive into yep. into what they did. But it's yep. it's kind of I it's not a terrible thing to talk about no. because we can always do better. Right. And I think right. we've right. we've appreciated that over the decades. We haven't made leaps and bounds in too many things, yep. but however, in some things, we've made tremendous, tremendous technology, technology leaps, technology and yep. and in, in cancer care specifically. Yep. Um, so, but yep. what we're not good at is that chronic care management piece, that's right. and, and that's where all the dollars. That's are. where the dollars are going. Yep. Right. But this is a just like the mental health; it's a recognition of the problem that has changed. The problem's always yep. been there, and we, patient engagement to fix it. Yes, exactly. Or to manage it. Yeah. You so, can't fix it, but you can manage right. it. So I think it's yep. it's more yep. that both yep. the physical and mental health status is yep. just being more recognized and there's more being put out there yep. to address it. Right. So I I'm 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 going to I'm going to chalk that up to to sort I of nat- natural selection I of how things a, work, yeah. right? And then of course the big one Dr. Mark is pharmacy and drugs. Uh the cost of drugs today uh, is such a huge increase. Twenty five percent of healthcare costs today are pharmacy. Yes, <clears throat> just yes. in prescription benefits alone. Not we're not talking specialty pharmacy or any of that. Spent on for four hundred billion dollars in prescription drugs last year. Right, and so what's the answer? Isn't stop having drugs? Right, yeah. because we're going to continue with drug development. That's right. However, the drug development that goes on is partially for need. You know, we're, we're a new drug for a new level of need and, and better better care yep. of the patient. Yep. But it's also, and I would ha- I would have to say probably more often than not, a way to make another drug so we don't have the generic drug that to compete with and we can charge yep. more money. Well, and so yep. that that that's the piece that is difficult. And and I, I suppose you see that everywhere. You see that in the automotive industry because do you need yep. a new car model every year? We're going to get one. I mean, right. have That's you right. thought? I'm mean, every once in a while, a car model will they'll skip a year, and That's when right. that happens, people lose their mind. They do. I mean, it's well, like, well, why do they do that? A car and they change the model altogether. Yeah, people completely lose right. their mind. So, so do we? Do we say that? We need to do that in any industry. Yeah. Now, obviously, the automotive industry. I mean, they've got their woes, yeah. and maybe yeah. we should be learning a little something by yeah. that. That if yeah. we automatically say no, we got to make it a little bit better. Yeah. And yep. what does a little bit better mean in healthcare? And if it's just a new drug that's doing the same thing, you know, the FDA is still going to yep. approve it, right? Right. I mean, if it, oh, if, right. if it's safe, that's right. If it shows that it works, yep. Yep. the FDA is going to approve it. Yep. And now, is CMS going to pay for it? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're talking about when you talk about the FDA and CMS, HHS, CMS, CMMI, all of them 
are looking at different legislative opportunities to actually shift the way healthcare is delivered in this country. Sure, and we're going to be seeing more and more of that over the next couple of years, Doctor Mark. Yeah, no, I think we, I think we have to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. because that the biggest potential loser here is 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 CMS. That's right. right? I mean, that's that's, right. that, that's the biggest potential because yep. yep. if they don't have the money, they can't deliver the yep. care. That's right. And then everything well, turns at, up. That's like that's that goes that's like a, like a government shutdown. That's you right. know, I mean, it, well, that's it's right. a non-starter. And and you know, when you look at CMS, currently sixty-seven million Medicare lives and eighty million Medicaid lives in America. Right. And we say we don't have socialized health care. Yeah, yeah, we I do. Mean, we have a we half, have half of it. We have half percent, 50 percent socialized. It depends on if you're uh, <laughs> half full or half half <laughs> empty right. in the glass here, yeah. but we're, we're halfway yeah. something. But, so. you know, before we end this segment, Dr. Martin, we talk about some of the trends. The biggest trend that I see that is an opportunity for health care is the trend that's traditional care pathway is shifting to moving hospital care out of the hospital and into the home environment. Well, or into the outpatient environment. Or into the outpatient. Yeah. So, so the idea, yep. the recognition that that healthcare costs in the hospital are are enormous, and that the yep. the hospitals themselves yep. recognize that they're kind of a beast. We just and, talked about imaging and, earlier right. today. And yep. so the the answer has been, you know, you don't really expect the big healthcare groups to just say, you know, you're right, we're too expensive, we're just going to shut down. They're going to get into that market. Yep. So the key is going to be. Why is it that, 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 as we talked a few segments ago about, about mm-hmm. radiology, right? so why is it so much cheaper to get it done out yep. and about, yep. right? And yep. it's partially because of what the reimbursement is, right. right? So right. if the hospitals are now going to be in an in a environment where they don't have yep. to spend as yep. much money on overhead, then that reimbursement yep. should be the same as our UDI's right. reimbursement right. is, yep. and it's not. No, it's and, not. And so I think— And the legislation in the payer— model is not the same either Dr. no Mark. exactly yeah so we need some equity there yep. and yep. or or what's going to happen is they're going to shut down all these independent groups just like we yep. worry about the independent doctor we do. and yep. the the hot, big healthcare groups are going to open these centers and it is going to be better care delivery it's yep. going to be better access of care yep. but i don't think it's going to be cheaper no. Unless someone steps in and says, right. whoa, 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 That's whoa, whoa, right. you, 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 can't, you can't move well, my cheese like this. they're trying to level the playing field on site of service. In other words, imaging is a good example. Yes. If you get an imaging, uh, if you get an MRI anywhere, it's going to cost the same. Yes. And that's right. the way it should be, yeah, Doctor Mark. Should, it should be. Yeah. It should. Yeah. But I mean, we say that, but we're going to get some blowback from. Oh. Well, wait, you know, it's a capitalistic society. We can yeah. set the price. Yeah, it and is. We're not picking but, on the hospital either. No, no, not at we're all. Really not. What we yeah. what we're doing is we're spending now two and a half years of talking about a problem yep. that we don't have a set solution for, that's right. and it's absolutely getting worse. It's not it's yeah. not something you can argue yeah. or debate about that it's not happening. Yeah. We see the cost of healthcare yeah. going up yeah. and it's not coming back yeah. down without That's some right. type of activity. And we can't let the GDP or healthcare as a percent of the GDP approach 30%, Dr. Mark. That will bankrupt America. Right. And they won't be talking about government shutdowns, right. you know. <laughs> We're going to be talking That's about right. CMS shutdowns. Yeah. And you know the really scary thing is if, if it's if we're paying for services, right? Mm-hmm. And what do we talk about constantly? We talk about people's health improves when they get the services they That's need. Right. That's right. And if we're talking about we're paying for all these services, but now we're not going to have money to pay for them, 
that's who's go- we are going to suffer as individuals. Yep. And if we make any movement of the needle of better health care yep. for yep. individuals, yep. that's going to turn it right back yep. to the dark ages. Yep. I mean, Again, that's Again, if you're out there and you're listening, get your annual wellness visit. Get your baselines and know how to manage your chronic illnesses, Dr. Mark. No, all you need to do is know that there's help out there for you. Right. And chronic care management is tremendously important for, for the individuals and, and for our, our healthcare economy. So great conversation this week, Dr. Mark. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. On Healthcare Now. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.